0: Morning, church. So good to see everyone this morning. Always good to see you in person. Always thankful for those who are joining us online. So if you're online watching, thank you for watching us online. We always appreciate that. I would like to think that one of the most exciting places to work is in labor and delivery at the hospital. To be a, no, who said no? Well, the sermon's over for one person. (laughs) To be a doctor or a nurse and see babies and see newborns, to see life to witness life on a regular basis, to be able to hold those babies and cuddle those babies. And in fact, you would think that every time someone saw a new baby, they would just stop in their tracks and, oh, (laughs) but we know that's not always the case. Unless it's your baby, there's most people that are pretty ho-hum. Most people may just walk right by labor and delivery. Most people might just walk right by. You can have a new mom at church that shows up for the first time and people just go about their business and go to class and go get their coffee and the mom's like, hey, new baby in the house? (laughs) And people just walk on by. But for the most part, it's it's just another baby. Just another baby. We are going to conclude our series today on Ruth. Um, Ruth is the eighth book in the Old Testament. It's just four chapters. You could go home and read it pretty quickly. 85 verses, about 2,500 words. There's not much to this short little letter, and there's so much to this short little letter. And the book closes with some exciting news that we're going to look at today. But the book begins with three funerals. Elimelech and his two sons, Malon and Kilion, die in Moab. They're in Moab because there's famine in the land. There's famine in the land because there's disobedience. And God told him, if you continue to disobey me, if you continue not to follow my ways, I'm going to send a famine. And he did. So the famine came, and because of the famine, Elimelech moved his family to Moab. He moved his family to enemy territory because he thought the grass was greener on the other side. And within ten years, Elimelech and Malon and Kilion die, and Elimelech's wife, Naomi, is left and has to decide and finally decides to move back home. And she tells her two daughters-in-law, listen to stay here, the chances of you getting married again, the chances of you having a relationship, the chances of you having babies, just stay here in Moab. And Orpah does. Orpah stays in Moab. So just to see if you're listening, maybe you've heard of this person named Oprah Winfrey, whose birth certificate is Orpah Gail Winfrey has nothing to do with the sermon. <laughs> Orpah returns home and Ruth stays with Naomi in one of the greatest passages in this small letter, maybe one of the greatest passages in the entire Bible. Ruth says to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I'll go. And where you stay, I will stay, and your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. I'm not going back to Moab. When I die, I'm going to be buried right there with you. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. And that's exactly what she does. She stays with Naomi. Naomi and Ruth return to Bethlehem, and Ruth finds work in the field of Boaz, and she finds food in the field of Boaz, and she finds protection in the field of Boaz, and she finds a kinsman redeemer in the field of Boaz. And we've talked about that. We've spent several lessons on kinsman redeemer the responsibility of a kinsman-redeemer is to act on behalf of a relative who is in trouble, danger, or in need to keep the property in the family, to keep the name in the family. You can read about that in in Deuteronomy 25. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Her her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her, which... This describes Naomi and Ruth. They were in danger. They were in need. And so that has been describing the book of Ruth. And so in the book of Ruth, Boaz redeems Ruth. And he redeems Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. And Boaz takes Ruth to be his wife. The hero of the story... Well, you might think it's Ruth because of her loyalty and commitment to Naomi, to stay with Naomi, and where you go, I'll go. You might think that Ruth is the hero. The hero of the story, you, you might even think it's Boaz because she gleans in the field of Boaz, and she finds protection and food in the kinsman redeemer, but Boaz can't be the hero of the story. I mean, think about it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers... What's next? Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. We can't have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Boaz. Man, it just kind of doesn't have a ring to it, does it? Let's read. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who on this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Again, some interesting things to remind you and some interesting things to note. Ruth was married to Malon for about 10 years when they lived in Moab. She was married for 10 years and unable or didn't conceive. You might not think anything of that, but the Hebrew people did. You might think, we might think, it's probably just a biological problem. Maybe just a medical problem. But the Hebrew people would say, no, this is a theological problem. They would have said this was God's judgment on Elimelech for moving his family to Moab. This is God's judgment on Ruth. This is God's judgment on Malon that God was punishing Malon and Ruth and Elimelech, so she's not able to conceive. They would see this as a theological problem. But it's clear throughout this book, it's so clear that God is not punishing anyone. It's clear throughout this book that God is working. It's clear throughout this book that God is weaving His story the lord the, the the lord the name lord is mentioned 25 times in this short book and we've said Romans 8 and we know that in all things in all things good things bad things when life doesn't go as planned we've talked about that in all things god works God is always working, whether we see it or not, whether we admit it or not, whether we focus in or not, whether we're reading through Ruth thinking God is not working, it's not going well, Elimelech dies, Malon dies, how is God working? We know that in all things God works. For the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God's been working in the life of Naomi, even though she doesn't realize that, in the life of Ruth, in the life of Boaz, in your life... And in my life, and Scripture says that Boaz took Ruth to be his wife, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. This baby did not come from Boaz. This baby came from God. And so we read, they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of... David, And so as we conclude this story, we see that the apex of this story is not the marriage of Ruth and Boaz. The apex of this story is the birth of this baby, Obed. All this time we thought Naomi was being a matchmaker. All this time we thought Naomi is getting Ruth and Boaz together. All this time some people might even be thinking, wow, Ruth sure got lucky in the field of Boaz. And yet all this time, God has been working and weaving His story. It's God who got Ruth and Boaz together. It's God who enables Ruth to conceive. And we close the book and Obed is born. And we learn that it's Obed, not Boaz, who's the real kinsman redeemer. But Obed's not just another baby. We might be tempted... Like some people in the hospital just walk on by, this is just another baby. Obed's not just another baby. Obed is a redeemer. He's a redeemer to Ruth and Boaz. Think about it, Ruth has gone to a, she, she's in a foreign country, her husband dies, there's no chance of her getting married again, it looks slim, it doesn't look good. What are the chances she'll marry again? What are the chances she'll find love? What are the chances that she'll have a baby? But for Ruth, Obed is a dream come true. For Ruth, Obed is life itself. Her life begins again. He redeems Ruth and gives life back to her. Obed, he's He's not just another baby. Obed is a redeemer to Naomi. Again, the women said to Naomi, "'Praise be to the Lord who on this day has not left you, Naomi, without a kinsman redeemer. He, Obed, her grandson, will renew your life, Naomi, and will sustain you in your old age.'" So, Obed is the real hero of this story. He's the real redeemer of this story. He's the one who saves the family of Elimelech. He's the one who gives life back to Ruth. He's the one that gives life back to Naomi. Remember what the women in the town said? I don't have this up there, I'm sorry. At the end of chapter 1, Naomi says, Don't call me Naomi anymore. Don't call me pleasant anymore call me Mara, call me bitter, because I went away full to Moab. I had my husband, I had my two sons. I came back empty, I lost my husband, I lost my two sons. So, she says, don't don't call me Naomi anymore. But now Naomi is full. And she takes the child. And she lays the child on her lap. And she cares for the child as if it were her own. Naomi wasn't just holding a baby. Obed's not just another baby. She's not just holding her grandson. She's holding the future. Obed would one day continue the family line. He would one day continue the family inheritance, protect the family inheritance, one day sustain Naomi. Obed would live up to his name, servant of God. And he would serve his family well. Here's what the Bible says. Children are a gift from the Lord. They're a blessing. They're a heritage. They are a reward. And that's exactly who Obed is in this story. Obed, he's not just another baby. He's not only a redeemer to Ruth. He's not only a redeemer to Naomi. He's a redeemer to all of Israel. Again, verse 11 The elders at the gate told Boaz, May the Lord make the woman, Ruth, who's coming into your home, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing and be famous in Bethlehem, Rachel and Leah. When you read through the Old Testament, you read about Rachel and Leah and twelve sons, the twelve tribes of Israel, they were famous. And the men at the city gate said, Oh, this isn't just another baby. This isn't just another baby. This baby will be famous because this baby would have a son named Jesse, and this baby would have a son named Jesse who has a son named David. He would give birth to King David. King David. I mean, you read through the Old Testament, you get to King David. If you're related to King David, wow, wow. One of the greatest rulers in Israel, one of the greatest kings in Israel. He built up the kingdom of Israel. He led the people in overcoming their enemies. He led the people in worship. He wrote songs. He, he, he accumulated wealth to build a temple. Obed, which means servant of God, would have a grandson who was a servant of God. Just another baby? No, Obed wasn't just another baby. This wasn't just another baby for Ruth. This wasn't just another baby for Naomi. This isn't just another baby for Israel. Obed is in the lineage to the greatest Redeemer in all the world. The greatest thing about Obed, this baby, is he's an ancestor to the Messiah. He's an ancestor to Jesus. Obed had a grandson named David who was a great servant, but the greatest servant of all was Jesus. The last time we read about Ruth in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 1, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who's called the Christ, she'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Save his people. He will save. The definition is to save. To keep safe and sound. To rescue from danger or destruction. To preserve one who's in danger of destruction. To save or rescue. Sounds like the definition of... A kinsman redeemer. Obed's not just another baby. In the same way, Jesus was not just another baby, but you know, all those babies in the hospital, all those babies that that are born, all those babies that people see that what they just walk on by. Yeah, just another baby. They did the same thing to Jesus, they missed him. They overlooked him. They thought he was just another baby. He was in the world. No, the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Think about it 385,000 babies born every day around the world. What makes one baby special? Obed, oh, he's not, oh, but it's not just another baby. This, this is a bigger story than just another baby. This story is about God's plan to save the world. God didn't just give Boaz and Ruth a son. God, through Jesus, gave the whole world a son. And we read, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to redeem the world. Obed's... Ovid's oh, not just another baby, he's, he's part of God's plan. You know, we started this study by saying life doesn't always turn out as planned. Your life doesn't always turn out as planned. Your marriage might not, your family may not, relationships may not, retirement may not, your children may not, your, your, your life may not turn out as planned. But listen, there's, there's a bigger picture. I mean, you read through Ruth, these are just ordinary people. There's nothing extraordinary happening in this book that we know of. They're just going about their life, trying to survive, looking for food, looking for protection. But there's a bigger picture here because God is weaving His story into Jesus Christ. God's plan is to bring Jesus. God's plan is for each of us to accept Jesus. God's plan is for Jesus to redeem us because we're in danger of destruction. God's plan is to send Jesus to save us from our sins. And God calls us, just like Ruth, to have the same commitment. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Anywhere with Jesus. Anywhere with Jesus. Anywhere with Jesus, I will safely go. Ruth said, Naomi, I'll stick with you the rest of your life. And your God will be my God, no matter what comes my way. No matter if life doesn't turn out the way I had planned. No matter what trials and difficulty. Obed gave Ruth and Naomi new life. That baby gave them new life. And Jesus, the Son of God, can give you new life today and redemption. Just another baby? I don't think so. History tells us that early in the 19th century, the whole world was watching Napoleon and the campaigns of Napoleon. There was talk everywhere of the marches and the invasions and the battles and the bloodshed and all the eyes you would think are on Napoleon. Napoleon. But you know there was a lot of babies born in 1809. You might think everybody's focused on Napoleon, but you think about the babies that were born, babies. Nobody cares about the babies. Look at what Napoleon's doing. Take for example William Gladstone, he was destined to become one of the finest statesmen that England ever produced in 1809. In 1809, Alfred Lord Tennyson was born and He would one day influence the literary world in a marked manner. In 1809, Oliver Wendell Holmes was born. In 1809, Edgar Allan Poe was born. In 1809, Louis Braille, who invented Braille, was born. In 1809, Felix Mendelssohn, the great musician, was born. In 1809, a physician named Darwin and his wife named their child Charles Robert Darwin. In 1809... Abraham Lincoln was born, just a few babies, just just another baby. Some would say that history was being shaped on the battlefield. Others would say history was being shaped by those babies being born. The same could be said of Jesus. When Jesus was born, all eyes were on Rome. Rome is shaping the world. Rome is influencing the world. But the real person that influenced the world was born, and His name was Jesus. And He came to save us from our sins. And when we ignore Jesus and say, eh, just another baby, then we're ignoring the redemption that God is making available to us. This story of Ruth, it's about God weaving His story to redeem His people. And God's still doing that today. God still wants to redeem me and you. God still wants to weave us into His story of redemption. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, that's what God wants. Because He wants to be in relationship with you. Let's pray.